This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Return of the Motes and Euler. Ah, the Steelers Blitz boys are back getting you ready on a Friday. How could we not before the first brands tilt of the year? Motsi, we got the tweets rolling in. We got score predictions. We got questions. We will get to all of that as we go but along. But I don't want to wait. I want to do it now. <laughs> a reminder on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Dabody52. That is where you get involved with the show. You can send your questions. You can send your score predictions. Any other goofiness that you got for us. But it is time to get to one of our staples here on the program on a Friday, if I do say so myself. I think it's one of the finest things we do here well, hey, hey, hey. on this show. Well, hey, hey, hey. It's a simple concept called Five Star Friday. We get the keen football mind and eye of Arthur Motes. He gives you the five matchups that will determine the outcome of the Steelers game on Sunday. Of course, we know this weekend it's out in Cleveland against those brands. The stinking brownies. What are the five matchups that will determine the outcome of Pittsburgh versus Cleveland? It's time for Five Star Friday. We're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups. Five-star matchup. Somebody leaving here with a loss. Not going to be us. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Anybody we play is a five-star matchup because we in it. All righty, all righty, man. Let's hop right into this thing, man. We got to talk about the highest rated defensive lineman, not named Aaron Donald, since, what, 2014? Whoever knows how long ago it was. But listen, man, we got to talk my man Cam Hayward. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Cam Hayward versus Joe Batonio, which, by the way, is a great name. Batonio. Batonio, Batonio. But listen here, man. We know that with the Cleveland Browns, we talked about their identity, and it starts with those guys up front. They do a great job of being able to run the ball, controlling the line of scrimmage. But at the same time, what Cam Hayward has been able to do this season, I mean, it's been crazy impressive, especially when you factor in the injuries that he's had to deal with along that, that D-line, right? No Tyson, yeah. no to it. Doesn't but have his, his Robin out there. But his play continues to excel. His play continues to be risen to an all-pro caliber level. Some might even say defensive player of the year caliber level, but we're kind of conflicted in that interest because we got another guy. But with that being the case, man, Cam Hayward, this is the matchup that he has to dominate. This is the matchup where he has to continue to set the tone because by him doing this, it will alleviate the pressure of the secondary, of those linebackers, who we know at times have been struggling this season. But Cam Hayward, he has to be the guy to, to provide that wave for the rest of his defense to ride because it starts with him up front. Now, you know how at the start of the show I told you I was going to mess stuff up today? Oh, I like when you do that. I, I, I didn't do the – I didn't, didn't such – It's okay. What I did basically, I know. right? I know. You just we threw me a, out there. We had a beautiful par five fairway, mm -hmm. and I just made you hit your tee shot with, you with no tee. You did. I just threw the ball right down but, but, on but the tee box. Worry, I didn't tee it up for you. I said, here, just grab your grab your driver and hey. let it fly, Mo. Hey. hey, but what did I'm I do, sorry. though? But what did I do? You let it fly. I gripped it Three, and ripped it. 300 Come right on down now. the middle. I gripped it and ripped it. You know how I do. Five Star Friday. Hey, hey, hey. 
Matchup number two. All right. Now we can get a little exotic. Now we can go out here to these skill position guys, the high flyers. I'm talking about Mr. Deontay Johnson. Man, listen here. We talk about seven, and we know that he's not what he used to be. But he can still get that ball out there on occasion. And when he has been doing it these past couple of weeks, Deontay Johnson has been the recipient. And he's been doing it early in games to set the tone. Now, why is that important? Well, because he's going to be going against a guy by the name of Greg Newsom II, young corner out of Northwestern. I actually was really high on him, but at the same time, he's a young player. And we know in this league, young players struggle, especially cornerbacks. And this is a game where Deontay is going to need to continue that big play capability because it just continues to open up this offense. It will allow the Steelers to run their offense through Najee. It will allow mm -hmm. the Steelers to get favorable matchups with Pat Fryermuth and Eric Ebron. But if Deontay doesn't excel in that matchup, well, now Cleveland can pack the box. Now Cleveland can make the Steelers team be one-dimensional, and we don't need that. So for me, man, when I look at this one, I'm screaming to myself, Deontay, I need it early, baby. I need it early. And I do believe he's going to give it to us. I love it. He is he's he's the guy who's really provided splash. That you know, we all thought it was going to be Claypool. It's it's been much more uh from Deontay, more chunk plays there. Let's keep that rolling. Absolutely. On Sunday. Five Star Friday. Matchup number 3. Now, this is the one that's going to be critical. This is the one where we probably if we're talking outside of Pittsburgh, they're not going to be liking us. They're not going to think we have a favorable matchup here. But I'm talking Devin Bush and Joe Schobert versus Dearness Johnson for a fact and potentially Nick Chubb, just depending on his practice availability. We know he's coming back from a calf injury. But why is this important? We talked about the Browns' identity. They run the ball. Mm -hmm. We talk about how it doesn't matter which running back is back there. They're going to have success. Dearness Johnson was a prime example of that when they played the uh, Denver Broncos on Thursday night. Yes. We also know 140 yards rushing. And we also know that this season, Devin and Joe have been struggling against the run. We saw Alex Collins be able to have some success, especially in that third quarter of the Seahawks game. And everybody highlights some of the negative plays from Devin Bush in terms of just his overrunning the sure, ball and stuff sure. like that. This is we a grade game him though. on a curve too. Top these, ten pick. These are the games though where Devin and Joe have to rise up. This is a big-time buckle-your-chin strap, bite-your-mouth-piece type of football games. They're not going to come out here and try to trick you. No, they're running dive, they're running power, they're running counter. It is that simple. And for Devin, he's going to have to understand that. He's going to have to understand that, hey, this is the NFL. It's week to week, baby. You might have had a bad game. Who cares? You know what? You know you know the way you get over a bad game? Go out there and have you a good one. It's that simple. You're only as good as your last performance. It is that simple. And we got the revenge game element for Joe Schobert, so I'm sure he's going to be excited about that as well. But this is one of those games where those two guys have to dominate. They have to win yes. way more than they lose in this matchup because if they don't, they handcuff this defense. And then they won't allow that offense, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, to take advantage of some of those question marks that we talked about with right. that Browns defense. Right. So for me, man, this is huge, man. Well, we got to have Joe Schobert and Devin Bush winning this matchup versus Dearness Johnson and potentially Nick Chubb. I had a feeling that was going to be on the list. I'd say, you know what, even two Arthur Motes, they're going to need Robert Spillane at some point, too. They are going to be all hands on deck to stop that very successful Brands run game. Brownies. Five-star Friday, matchup number four. All right, now in this matchup, I was going to go a couple of ways because I said, man, it's a lot of pieces on this old line, and they got some very intriguing pieces on their D-line. But I think the most intriguing one that we got to talk about is the left tackle versus their premier $100 million rusher. Cool. Dan Moore Jr. 
versus Miles Garrett. I mean, we could talk Jadavion Clowney and is he going to face Chooks? Is he going to get Banner? Is it going to be Joe Haig? We don't know. But we know for certain who the left tackle is, and we know for certain who Miles Garrett is. And this is one of those ones where, hey, Dan, we're not asking you to be the best pass protector for <laughs> 60 snaps, okay? If, if this team comes out and they throw the ball 40 times and expect you to pass rush and not give up a sack, we need to smack Matt Canada. We need to smack Coach T and, and, and Adrian Clem for even thinking that that's going to be okay. But what we are asking of you is this physicality in the run game consistently hmm. what we are asking you for is this finish finish your plays you might get beat and i'm not expecting you not to get beat this is miles garrett we're talking about it's no different we're talking about tj watt he's gonna win he's gonna win his fair share but it better not be related to your effort it better not be related to your lack of desire it should never look like that in this matchup and be an irritant Get under his skin. We've seen that Miles at times is a hothead. We know at times he can't handle himself. Play into that. Find ways to make this an advantage for you. Find ways to close that gap because if you can just have it 60-40, 60-40, it's a great day for That's us on great, offense. That is a great day. It is that simple. But you're not going to get 60-40 if you don't do all those little things, if you don't play with that chippiness, that extra edge, that finish that we talk about. And for me, that's the part where I was like, it has to be you, Dan. I know you're young, but it has to be you. Welcome to the league, Rook. <laughs> it's week to week, baby. It's week to week. Go get her done. All right, here we go. I don't know. Do you still got that? I mean, you're a dad now, bro. You're probably like washed. You know, you don't have this no more, man. Did, did, you, did, you, did you take your little throat spray? Huh? Did, you, did you get a little massage this morning? Do you have a mint? You know? Huh? Or perhaps oh. some banaka? I don't know. <laughs> See, you said it mentioned being a dad. I think that gives me extra power here. Dad strength. Hey, hey, hey. To present oh. Five Star Friday. Five Star Friday. There he go. Number five. Well, hello there, good looking. Now you're back. <laughs> but for me, man, for this fifth and final matchup, Baker Mayfield slash Case Keenum. Because I know they're going to try to throw him out there. I don't think he finishes. But Baker Mayfield slash Case Keenum versus Mika Fitzpatrick. And why do I say that? Well, I'm anticipating this defense being able to have some success stopping the run. But more importantly, when the play action pass does happen, when those guys do take those chances of putting the ball in the air, and they're going to have some success. Sure, sure. But they do miss, and they do miss frequently. When they are off, when they are missing, those are the ones that Minka has to have. We've talked about his turnovers right in the lack of this season. That was brought up to Coach Tomlin during the bye week, and I understand it. But this is the game. I mean, you think about a year ago. What was the game that changed it? This one right here. Minka Fitzpatrick being the, uh, the whole defender, jumping a route that Baker was eyeing down the whole time. Baker and Case are very similar in terms of their play. I do think Baker's the better quarterback, but they're still very similar in terms of what they do well and what they struggle with. Mm -hmm. That's why their offense is able to consistently progress even when Baker isn't out there because they're very similar. Correct. But with that being the case, 
Minka has to capitalize. You have to capitalize on their errors because they're going to make them. They're going to put some balls out there where we're all going to be scratching our head like, whoa, boy, that's why you don't pay them guys that. And those are the ones that Mika has to have. Those those balls like that can't fall harmlessly to the ground. They have to be capitalized on and become turnovers. And Mika, this is the game for him. The hey, we, we, we need him. We need the turnovers. You want to get your check, right? We talk about the other high-paid safeties in the league. Jamal Adams, best in the nation. Best in the nation. That ball hit him square in the face. My, which, side note. My wife thought that that was the funniest thing ever. The fun <laughs> that was that literally we got home from the hospital yeah. a few hours before that, right? And we're watching the game and, and the whole Jamal Adams, best in the nation. In the nation. Morgan goes, "What's that guy's deal?" And I go, "He he thinks he's the best safety yeah. in the NFL." I say, "He's good, but he's yeah. not as good as he thinks he is." He, he's a great will linebacker. And then That's fast what he forward, is. and, and re remember, my wife, she's an Eagles fan, so she's impartial to yeah. this, right? I mean, she wants the Steelers to do well because it makes me happy, it makes my job easier. But yeah, she's impartial to this. Fast forward to the end of the game, Jamal Adams takes that fast ball to the face mask and my yes. wife goes was that the same guy who was bragging yes. about best in the nation yeah and i said yeah babe and then my wife sits there on the couch and she goes best in the nation <laughs> best in the nation <laughs> that boy hit him right in the, in the, in the worst spot he can hit him right in the face like what are you doing jamal and then they start bringing up the stats well jamal adams has less interceptions than ryan shazier <laughs> And Shazier ain't played in how long? <laughs> so low. I didn't know Ben swapped out for Clayton Kershaw on I was that like, play. Man. Fastball to the dome. But that's the difference though with Minka. Minka catches those. Minka capitalizes on those. And if Minka wants to be paid like the highest paid safeties in the league, well, this is one of those games where he's going to have to generate some turnovers. He has to do that because that's the difference in this defense being viewed as good and being viewed as an elite defense. That's the difference Agreed. of protecting some of these guys down the stretch versus allowing drive to continue on. And now you have guys exposed to more negativity. Get them off the field. Get the offense the ball back more times. But it starts with Minka taking advantage of Baker or Case Keenum. Ah, Arthur Motes. The five matchups that will determine the outcome of Steelers-Browns Sunday in Cleveland. Uh, one more time, run us through the gamut, through the gauntlet, just in case uh, someone might have missed it or wants to double-check their notes. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. First off, we got Mr. Cam Hayward, my captain, your captain. Hey, captain, versus Joel Batonio. Gotta smash him, stop the run, be disruptive like you are. Next up, we got Deontay Johnson versus the young corner, Greg Newsom II. Continue to just take the top off the defense. You've done it multiple weeks in a row now. Continue that trajectory. We know who you are, Deontay. Next up after that, Devin Bush, Joe Schober, Sprinkler Spillane versus Dearness Johnson and Nick Chubb. And the reason I say sprinkle just because no, you hope it's those two saying right. On the field. Sp Spillane is coming on because of their lack of play, their lack of productivity. Correct. If they produce the way they're supposed to, Spillane's not on the field. It, folks, if we look back at the snap chart on Monday and Spillane played fifty or more percent of the defensive snaps. That means that Schilbert or Bush, one of the yes. two, did not have a good game. It, it is that simple, man. Yeah. It is that simple. So that's why I have that matchup as the third matchup. Then the fourth one, we got to go Dan Moore versus Miles Garrett. I'm not asking you to be great. You're not going to be Jonathan Ogden out there. But you better play with some great effort, great heart, and great finish. And do whatever it takes to be scrappy to get under Miles' skin to make it close. Just make it close. That's it. Just make it close, baby. And frustrate him, too, because he's going to think, oh, I got this fourth-round rookie line, and I'm going to eat this guy's lunch. I'm going to take this guy's Halloween it, it, candy. We don't even Trick care. or treat, baby. We, listen, I can tell you as an edge rusher, you don't even care what round he was. If he's a rookie, I don't care. It could be the first-round pick. pick. You're a rookie. I'm finna put my foot where it ain't supposed to be. 
if I'm Miles, I'm over here thinking to myself, oh, rookie, listen, go ahead, make another tombstone that say Benjamin Roethlisberger in year 39, you know? He's got one already. I saw the picture. Add to the year on it, you know what I mean? Like, that's the mindset if you're talking about edge rushers. So, for me, Dan Moore, just make it close. Make it close, baby. And then the fifth and final matchup, man, whichever quarterback they want to roll out there for the rest of the game, Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum, Minka Fitzpatrick, man, capitalize on their mistakes because they will make them. We're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups. Five-star matchup. Somebody leaving here with a loss. Not going to be us. Man, it feels good to be back. Mm-hmm. There it is. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets you ready for kickoff in this business like the professor, the body. Arthur Motes. Man, you said the professor. I started to end one you real quick. I was like, get the basketball out. Break some ankles. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Motes, you said there. Uh, when you were laying down your fifth and final five-star Friday matchup, when you were talking about the Browns' quarterbacks, that you think that they're going to be big, their performance is going to be important because you think the Steelers are going to be able to have success stopping the run. So tell me, how do you do that? Okay, right, because it's it, – it, it's – this is nothing new for the Browns. Every week, their opponent knows that they're going to run the football. You heard who was the first person I let off with on my five-star matchup? You let off with the left tackle of the Cleveland. What? Uh, no, sorry, uh, left guard. Pardon Mm-mm. me. Sorry, left guard of the Cleveland. But no, Browns. no, no. What was the first name? Batonio versus Cam. No, 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 no. Hayward. Uh, uh-uh. I said Cam Hayward. Yeah. Versus Joe Batonio. Versus Joe Batonio. It's a difference. It's true. It starts with Cam Hayward. And how does that look? Right. We know uh, Tyson Alualu ain't walking through that door. Mm-hmm. Stephon Tuitt's still not back. Now the reason back. why. Now the reason why I say it starts with Cam is this, man. In terms of their D line, I mean, excuse me, their offensive line. We know right now their center J.C. Trader, he's questionable. So you know that's gonna have something. I mean, even if he's out there, he's still lingering. He's still dealing with something. I don't feel like the drop-off in terms of when you're talking about a guy like Isaiah Bugs or when you're watching Chris Wormley, they are comparable. They're not this big drop-off where they can't stop the run. In fact, I'm really a fan of Chris Wormley because he's a very fundamental player. He's not going to ever excel, but he's never out of position. You're not going to lose because of him. But the difference is Cam Hayward can take it to the next level. Cam Hayward is a game changer, a disruptor. We saw that. Think about four quarters in that Seattle game. We weren't Ooh. talking about TJ. Why? We were Ooh. talking about Cam Hayward. Let's be real. TJ did what he did in the in the overtime, and that catapulted him, right? And that's why everybody talked about him so much more afterwards. And, and that's why you pay him that money because right. he's supposed to make those plays but, in those but, moments. But if we're being real about it, Cam Hayward, Cam has been the best, Cam has been the best defender the, for us this season. Let's be real about it. He was the it. best player on the is field that that on Sunday night football against the simple. Seattle Seahawks. So for I mean, me, 50-some, 60-some yes. guys for both teams, he was the best player out on the field. So for me, my expectation is that Cam is going to continue that. And it's not the picking and choosing of when those players are going to happen. Cam is a play-in and play-out disruptor. Even if he's not getting the sacks, you look at the pressure, you look at the QB hits. He is a disruptor. Alex Highsmith winning on the edge versus Dwayne Brown. Cam Hayward is helping with that. Absolutely. So when I think of how do the Steelers stop the run, how do the Steelers make the Browns have to play a little bit more unconventional, it starts with Cam. Cam is going to be going against one of their better linemen, Joe Batonio, right? Command double teams. That's what you have to do, and Cam is more than capable of doing that. We've seen him do it versus some of the best O-linemen in the nation. In the nation! In the nation! You know I had a job. I couldn't help myself. I had to. I had to. In the nation! Cam Hayward, best in the nation! But you think about him when he was going against Quentin Nelson two years ago. And then the whole narrative was, man, Quentin had a bad game. That no. made you and I mad. It's not Quentin had a bad game. No. Cam is Cam. This is what Cam does. And I fully anticipate Cam continuing that. And if he does, that alleviates pressure from Devin. That alleviates pressure from Joe. 
if from those, everybody else on the defensive but, line. But starting well with too, them because starting, yeah. the D line to me hasn't been the issue with the run game. The D, the D line true. has been fine. They've been fitting runs the way they're supposed to fit. The linebacker play in terms of the inside guys, that's where we've having a disconnect. Now, part of it is the injury coming back from it. Not believing it all the way in terms of your knee. The other part is he just hasn't played a lot of ball. That's why I kept telling people, hey, you need him out there in training camp. He needs to be out there in OTAs. He needs to be out there in preseason games because you don't get better at football by not playing football. I know in Madden you can do that, and I know that was the whole memory. Man, you got 30 days. Man, we got how long, man? We got plenty of time, plenty of time. And I'm like, no, you do not. You cannot get those reps back. And now he's learning these reps on the fly. It just so happens it's in season now. So it's highlighted. But how do you help a young linebacker trying to find his way in this league? You got to have dominant D line play, hundred percent. And Cam Hayward understands that. You got to win that battle in the trenches to make mm-hmm. their job easier. And, and that's why, for me, I say this is a simple thing. Cam has to dominate, and then from there, that's going to alleviate that pressure on Devin and Joe. And from there, they will continue to improve. And I'm hoping that since they had the bye week, Devin is able to go back and self scout. He's able to go and review himself and say, "Okay, look, my speed hasn't left me." My athletic ability hasn't left me. Even though when I'm on the field, I have that feeling that everybody's moving so much faster. When I watch myself on tape, I'm where I need to be. Mm-hmm. I can slow down. No different. We talk about Anthony McFarlane year one versus where he's at right now. Yes. We talked about him during training camp, right? We said, man, last year he like he was the road runner. Couldn't get his feet up under him. You we talked about we saw him every day in training. We said, man, he just looks un- he looks under control now. He's understanding that he has time. He can be patient. That's the part where Devin is having to get to. And that's you don't get that without practicing, without playing. So it's going to improve, but you're still going to have these growing pains. Don't get it twisted. It's not going to be perfect on Sunday, but I do think it will continue to improve. And that is ultimately another way how we will continue to stop this run. And then from there, the last thing is this. You just got to tackle better. Yeah. That Seahawks game, man, let's be real about it. It wasn't tackle well. they, they didn't reinvent the wheel in terms of the runs that they were running. Alex Collins, I played against him multiple times. He's a good player, but he's not Jim Brown. He's not Herschel Walker. Let's be real about it. Barry Sanders? But if you're not wrapping up, if you're not gang tackling, you're not doing the things you're supposed to do, then, yeah, everybody's going to look good like that. I mean, that was part of the problem with Denver. They couldn't tackle. If we're being real. You're making everyone look like Derrick Henry when exactly. you can't tackle. So, for me, I don't anticipate this team having the same tackling issues coming out of the bye week that they had going into the bye week. I don't anticipate guys like Troy Edmonds, guys like Minka Fitzpatrick being okay with missing tackles. That play, man, where, where all three of them dudes was it. Devin Bush, Troy Edmonds, Minka, and you could throw in Joe a little bit, too. <laughs> All the dudes missing that tackle on that one play. I don't see that happening again. They're looking at themselves and disgusted about that. And they're going to come out there and their player's going to reflect that. Yeah, so that's yeah. why another reason for, for me why I just say, man, I think that this team will be able to have success against them stopping the run. And by doing that, that's why Mika is highlighted at the end because you can't talk Mika taking advantage of Baker and Case if you don't stop this run first. I'll tell you, I was strategic in terms of how I did it, man. You, that's true. Come on now. First name I said, last name I said. Pay attention, baby. You lined them up. Okay. I love it. I, I I love it. And you're, you know, the the example like like what you lay out there with Cam Hayward, I think is very well said. And what it reminds me of, you know, you you don't hear this as much in football, particularly outside of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it's more of a basketball conversation. Certainly, it feels like it's more of like like you hear it in hockey circles a lot too. Um, you know, the sign of great players is that they can elevate everyone around them. Yep. Right. Um, again. In football, you hear that about quarterbacks, obviously. I mean, you know, everyone's talking last night, that crazy game between the Packers and the Cardinals, which, by the way, that was a Thursday night treat. It's rare that we get those good Thursday games. Listen, they were trying to promote the following week's game. Carson Wentz. 
The New York Jets. I said, oh, my, I want to throw up oh on my, my mouth. What a what? That, y'all going to talk about that so after this game? Like, this like game yeah, just, just replay this one, man. I don't want to see that nonsense. My guy, Rasul Douglas, <laughs> the Mountaineer with the game-sealing interception, baby. But, you know, you, you, heard, you hear that a lot. Like, like Aaron Rodgers last night, oh, he's got, you know, his top three receivers are all out. They still find a way to win. That's how you elevate your team, right? But like I said, aside from quarterback, you don't hear that conversation much in football. It's like a, you know, we debate it when we talk about LeBron versus Jordan or we talk about LeBron Mm -hmm. versus KD. Well, LeBron's a better teammate, makes all those guys around him better. You hear that a lot here in Pittsburgh when it's Crosby versus Ovechkin. Okay, yeah, Ovechkin's the best goal scorer ever, but does he really make his teammates better like Sidney Crosby? You know, that is a, a, a real debate that's had in some sports circles. Dude, that's been Cam Hayward this year. He, when Cam Hayward is cooking, it elevates everyone around him. It makes life easier on everybody else on that defense when he is commanding the attention. Uh, I, I think that's well said by you. It, it, it starts and ends. We know the other guys have to perform, obviously, but if Cam Hayward is playing like he's been playing, that's going to go a long way, cousin. Long way. 100%. You want to get to a couple of these tweets before we go to break and get I to our final I would hope so because I always like to go to the Twitter.com every once right, in a while. Now, remember, if you've tweeted us your predictions, I got them bookmarked. I got them saved. These are just some of the questions and other tweets that we've gotten throughout the show. You can obviously still tweet us your prediction for Sunday, uh, your questions as well, at Wesley Euler, at Dabody52 on the Twitter.com. Our buddy R. Bracey tweets us and says, now this is good. You know this got my attention. In my best The Rock voice, finally. The Blitz has returned to Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, fellas. Guess what? Your boy is one year cancer-free from kicking cancer's butt hey, today. Hey, man, major love. Congratulations, R. Bracey. Absolutely. I remember you tweeting us about your cancer diagnosis last year and, and telling us that you know you were listening to the show and it was helping you get through your long days, putting some smiles on your face. Uh, we are happy to see you on the other side, brother, and congratulations and uh, continued well wishes for good health to you for sure. Walter tweets us and wants to know how you would grade Edmonds so far this season. Um, for me, I think Evans has been playing. He's been uh, he's been good. <clears throat> I wouldn't say he's great, but at the same time, he's had really good games. I think he's had some where he's struggled a little. Yeah, bit. but I just think for him, he's always going to be improperly viewed. People view him and they expect turnovers like me because they're different style players. To me, I think that he's been playing really well this season in terms of just his tackling and his ball security. I mean, in terms of ball hawking, he has a turnover. Let's be real about it. He has a turnover. That was the knock on him, right? Can he generate turnovers? Can he inter- can he intercept the ball? He's shown that he can do that. But obviously there's more meat on the bone with him because of the expectation. That's always going to be the case with him. It's no different than Devin Bush, no different than Bud Dupree. Anybody that was a first-round draft pick, we know the expectations are a lot higher, right or wrong. That's just what it is. But for me, I, I haven't had an issue with his play, honestly. Yeah, me either. Listen, I know you you and I, It's it's we've had this conversation before. It's similar to the Bud Dupree thing, right? Like, football fans, it's just something that we do. He's a first-round pick. He's a first-round pick. He's a first-round pick. He's supposed to be perfect right now. He's supposed to be Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber for, for, you know, for a decade. You can you can be a good player and not be a superstar. Um, I think Terrell Edmonds is a good player. I Like Moats said, you would like to see him have some more ball-hawking abilities. Sure, you want that from all your safeties. But he's also one of the best tacklers uh, at that level in the National Football League as well, too. And as Moats and I have discussed, it might not show up on the screen. It might not pop all the time. But that's very important to this defense as well when you do have uh, some ball hawks in other positions. Thrash tweets us. Now, these are the type of questions that we like. He said, similar to the fan, 
who caught Tom Brady's 600th touchdown ball, right, in the whole situation of trading the ball and what should he get. If you guys had the immaculate reception football and the Steelers wanted to trade you something for it, what would you want? He says, for me, I would want to be made honorary coach, no responsibility, just full sideline access. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one, Thrash. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I got mine. I'll probably just – You probably should. Yeah, you go. You go first. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> Heinz Field, see you later. It's now the Euler family field. Man, <laughs> I man. want the place named after me. Like the Chris Bickle pit head coach or whatever it is. No, in all honesty, um, the first thing I thought was I would want something from one of, because I'm 30 years old. Yeah. Okay. I was not born until nearly 20 years, 19 years after the Immaculate right, right. Reception. I would want something from because Super Bowl Forty Three. I've said this before was my Steelers Super Bowl. Yeah, Forty was the first one, right, and right. there's there's nothing like your first time. But Forty, a senior in high school with all my buddies, it was one of our last great memories. The the Debo return, the Santonio San in the back, of the, it was just an epic game. No question. I would want some type of memorabilia, some significant, like give me Santonio's San gloves or his cleats or that football, or give me something from the. I would want some. I'd, I'd say, all right, I'll swap you, but I want some. I want a legit piece of Super Bowl Forty Three uh, memorabilia. That would be my answer. Something from Palomalu, <laughs> something from Debo, something from Santonio. San That's what I would want. Or just lifetime season tickets, you know, right next to Chickie and Pete. I'll probably go with, yeah, just give me the tickets. Uh, just give me season tickets. I'll be good. It's, I don't know. Because I'm always, like, torn with this thing. Like, I get the value of that type of stuff. But for me, it, I don't know. I've just never been a guy that cared about that type of stuff, honestly. I mean, I, Yeah, because you played the game. Yeah, so it was Listen, a different you for me, man. you dance around it. Yeah, you I, I was like, I, I don't know. But I, I will say this, like, more importantly, though, I just never have been a fan of, if I know that this means that much to you, I don't want to hold that ransom. And that's what I feel like you're doing. Sure, when, when, sure. when you, Oh, man, I wouldn't do it for $600,000. i am like, bro, like, you ain't even throw that ball. Like, I get it. I understand the importance okay. of it. But it's like, I just feel a little, a little bad about last it, man. One, last week before we go to break, because I know how to get an answer out of Arthur Motu. Yeah. Um, You've got something valuable. Give me right? something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Help me out. Help and me out. and and uh, in exchange for whatever you have yeah. that somebody else wants, they say to you, Arthur Motes, I will give you one of the following: mm-hmm. any game worn LeBron James sneaker from okay. his career. You can mm-hmm. have, you can have the game seven, the win against Golden State yeah, yeah. with the block, Andre. Any mm-hmm. sneaker from any game in LeBron's career. You can do the, the twenty five fourth quarter points against the Pistons. Yeah. Or any boxing gloves. Okay. Use you any used sneakers from Bron Bron. Yeah. Or any used boxing gloves from any fighter, well, any say, fight. The what boxing, do you want? The boxing gloves are always going to take president for me. See, that's why I, yeah. I thought I'd make this tough for you, yeah. but I, still, just different though. Man. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I would go with the gloves. I would definitely go boxing gloves. Yeah. Okay. But for me, it would it couldn't be astronomical. Like when I. Have you seen some of the things that people are saying that this man should have requested? Oh, like, yeah. that's where for me, I'm just like. I, I saw someone saying he should like, be able yo, to go on a wild. date with Giselle. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, come on, man. That, that's so extra to me, bro. Or they're like, man, yo, no, you got to have it where you're going to get, you you get to sit in his suite every game. You, you, you get any trophy. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, what are we doing here? 
Motsi, we got some news as it relates to Baker Mayfield's status for Sunday. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that when we return on the other side. Last chance to get those tweets in, too, knuckleheads. Give us your predictions. We'll read them on air. You know where to get at us on the Twitter.com. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, one more segment to go. We're going to sing some songs as well, too. Oh, baby. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. <laughs> 